You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey, coaches, welcome back to Prosperous Coach Podcast and to the series that we're in right now called Smart Mindsets and Habits. Mindset is a huge driver of success. Maybe you've already experienced this. When you have powerful mindsets motivating you, and on top of that, you're taking strategic actions, that combo will get you anywhere you want to go in life. Now, this episode is about market research, an often skipped over strategic action that helps you attract clients who want what you have to offer. But I'm also going to cover two mindsets related to market research that will literally make the difference in whether you'll have a thriving coaching business or not. Let's dig into the two mindset shifts that I encourage you to make first, if you haven't already, because you'll see how those mindsets will help you embrace this idea of market research and other strategic actions that smart business owners take. Which leads me to the first mindset. Act like the CEO of your coaching business. So here's a little story. When I finished coach training, I launched a coaching practice rather than a business. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Uh, I hung a shingle as a coach, (laughs) you know, I put up a website that was all about coaching, the kind of coaching I was going to offer. And then I was open for clients, you know, and that was my mindset, the idea that, that selling coaching was really going to get me where I needed to go. But I tell you truly, that mindset kept me from what I really wanted. And it kept me from it from nearly three years. And what I wanted was to be serving clients masterfully while earning really well. So I'm assuming that if you're here, you want those two things too. Well, I spent all day every day chasing my next coaching client. And my website was all about coaching. My marketing efforts sold coaching. I didn't target a specific audience. I had no niche, no strategy, no focus. Now, I'm sure you're better than I was then, but you still may not have fully taken on this mindset I'm I'm going to explain in just a second. So I had lots of practice clients. They were people who were more or less doing me a favor because they could see how enthusiastic I was about coaching. And so they hired me for a month or two at low prices or they got free coaching because they were friends and family. And, you know, we did do some good work, but it wasn't deep, lasting work. And part of that was that they were not wholly committed to the process because the truth was they didn't really buy into the idea of coaching, which of course I had, and that's what I was selling. So, After realizing that what I was doing wasn't working, as you know, I shifted in a lot of ways. But 
The way I shifted in mindset was I shifted to acting like the owner of a business. And I started calling my business a business instead of a practice. I started doing the things that all business owners do. And that shift in the way I thought about my time and my energy and my actions changed the way that others perceive me too. And when I say others, I don't mean just my prospects, but also my family, my friends. They could see that I wasn't just practicing this thing called coaching. When you step fully into the role of business owner or CEO or whatever you want to call yourself, you're no longer just doing what I call floating and hoping. Instead, your day-to-day is all about building traction, leveraging your efforts, becoming a recognizable brand and offering something that is truly wanted by people out there. You're attracting clients and you're attracting profits. And not just for today, but for the future also. So that's a big shift also in this mindset is that when you start thinking like a business owner, you're not just thinking about how to get your next client. So I'm just wondering, you know, what you could do right now to take full ownership of your business. And I'm just going to start with three simple suggestions that fit the startup phase. Now, maybe you've already done some of these, but just Listen in anyway, because there may be something in here that you hadn't thought of. So the first one is really simple, but you would not believe how many coaches I meet haven't thought to do this yet. And that is to create a home office. You need a door. You need a desk. You need Wi-Fi and a computer. When you make a physical space for your business, it signals to yourself and to the world that you are in this for the long run and you're not just playing around. Now imagine how your family might treat you differently. If you claim a space in your home that's for your business. Now some people, you know, they end up with a, a walk-in closet or, or, or something like that. You know, they convert part of the basement or something. But as long as it has a door and a desk and access to Wi-Fi, and, a, and you have a computer, you know, that you can use that's yours for your business, you have signaled to the universe that you are a business owner. So that's a big step. Now, the second thing that might seem kind of obvious, but again, you'd be surprised at how many people I meet have not done this. And that is to set work hours, to actually decide when you will be at your desk working on your business. And then to really dedicate that time. When you give your business significant time, it will grow. And if it's only squeezed into whatever time you have left over in your day, well, it may never really get off the ground. I realize if you've got kids that, you know, the kids have to come first. And if you've got a job, obviously you have to dedicate a certain amount of time to that but you still could set work hours. 
and let your family know and let your friends know that during those work hours, you are working just like they're working in their job. The third thing is to set your business up for success. And I talk about these things a lot, but we're going to go into talking about market research in just a second, and you'll see why I'm bringing this up. So that is to do things that business owners do to build a solid foundation before you launch your business. Before you throw up that website, before you go out and do a bunch of social posts, before you just do that floating and hoping thing, if you do what real business owners do, which is to target a viable audience for your business, And then conduct market research that will help you know what it is that that target audience wants and will buy. And then to tailor make your business everything about it accordingly, including your website, including what you do on social posts. So yeah, I know these things can feel a bit scary because you're making a decision that sets a strong course for your business. But that's why you want to do it, because you're making a decision that sets a strong course for your business. And honestly, this way of doing things gives you a fighting chance of making it. You know the statistics. They're not high. The amount of people who make it in a coaching business, it's pretty small. But you could be one of those people if you set yourself up for success. And by the way, doing these things actually builds your confidence because you will know what to do every day to attract clients and not just clients for today, but clients for all of your tomorrows. Okay, before I get to the second mindset shift, I just want to talk a a little bit about what market research is. It's gathering an understanding about what your target audience wants and will buy. Of course, first, you need a specific target audience for the research to be meaningful. It's not going to be meaningful, for example, to go out and do research about health coaching or relationship coaching or career coaching or self-care coaching or confidence coaching or something like that. You really need a specific target audience to focus your market research on. But just imagine for a second how it would feel if you were confident about what you're offering. If you knew that your audience would be likely to invest in your services because that audience is out there searching for solutions and they can see, they can connect the dots to what you're offering and how it will help them achieve what they want. When coaches find me, one of the most common laments that I hear from them is, where are the coaching clients who get the value of coaching enough to invest in? And here's something kind of interesting. I heard that so much that I put it on the homepage of my website. Because All coaches that I talk to relate to that problem. But my answer to that question, where are the coaching clients who get the value of coaching enough to invest it, 
might be a bit shocking for you if you haven't heard me say it before. That brings me to mindset shift number two, and that's this. Coaching is a tool. It's not an outcome people will buy. One of my most popular podcast shows is episode number seven, which is called Why is Coaching a Hard Sell? And you can find that, if you haven't heard it before, at prosperouscoach.com slash seven. I'm just wondering if you've ever noticed this, that coaching is not easy to sell. You can have really lovely language up on your website about what coaching is and how it's this process and how so wonderful it is and all of that. You can give sample coaching sessions. You can go out there and and talk to people about coachy topics, you know, like like self-care and balance and, and things like that. And you might get some interest in people who want to become coaches. You might get some appreciation for you, just who you are and how you show up. But it's not that easy to convert those people into actual paying clients. Or if you do, it's not that easy to get them to enroll or invest for the long term or in a high ticket program with you. So it's just not that easy to sell. And I always feel a little sad when I see another coach taking that approach to their business. And I really understand why they do. I did. I think most people who come out of coach training, unless they get some support from a mentor to change their mindset and really shift into thinking like a business owner, they are just going to do that. It's And we follow each other, right? One coach after another does the same thing. And there are some people who don't do that same thing. And I bow to you for being that wise this early in the game. So coaching is a toolbox. It's, it's like a skill set, you know, you learned coaching skills, and they are applicable in so many ways. But they in themselves are not something that people know that they want. I have a metaphor. I hope this helps you with this mindset shift. So let's say that you are remodeling your kitchen and you want to have custom cabinetry. What do you go looking for? Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Because you go looking for cabinets that fit your vision of what you want your kitchen to look like. You've got a picture in your mind and you're scrolling around maybe online or, you know, maybe you've been going through some custom homes that have nice looking kitchens. You've, you've got this sense of what you like and what you want. You are a consumer and you're going out there looking for what you want. But you know what? You could care less about the tools that actually made those cabinets. You don't care about the sanders and the lathes, you know? You want the cabinets. That's the outcome of the sanders and the lathes. Coaching is like the sanders and the lathes. It's the process, you know? It's the skill set. It's the toolbox. So coaching is not a solution to a specific problem. You know, you may think that if you are a health coach and you are offering people help to lose weight, that coaching is your solution. 
but it actually is not. You take people through a process and there are mindsets you help them with and there are actions that you help them take and there are habits you help them put put in place. Those are the pathway to the thing that they want, which is weight loss. They don't really care that you're a coach. They want the weight loss. So that's why it's not all that effective to put up a website about your type or your track of coaching and then to just start chasing coaching clients. But a sea change happens when you stop trying to sell coaching. And instead, you think of how to apply your skills, all your skills, all your expertise, all your knowledge, all your wisdom, all your talents, all your gifts to help a specific audience reach a specific outcome that they already know they want. Suddenly, you're thinking like a business owner. So see how these mindsets connect. And you're creating that pathway or system, the steps and the milestones that you will take your clients through to help them achieve their specific goal. And with that mindset shift, everything comes into focus, not only for you, but also for your target audience, because they see you suddenly. You're speaking to them You're using their language. You're talking about things they really care about instead of talking about coaching. And you build a community of future clients rather than enrolling one person at a time. Because when you target an audience, it's really easy to create a community around that audience. And and to some degree, the more specific you go, the easier it is to do all this. Now, Market research is what gives you the insight to speak their language. It's what gives you the insight to put together a program that they would want. It's what gives you the language to put on your web copy, to to write those social posts, to send out emails that will get opened and clicked. First, here's some relief for you. Market research is not asking people whether they'll buy your coaching services, not even close. When I teach my clients how to do market research, they're always super glad to know that the spotlight is completely off of them in this market research and on the people they're interviewing. And interviews are the best way to conduct market research because it's a real-time conversation. And in those real-time conversations, you're going to hear the unrehearsed, candid words that your target audience uses in that off-guard moment. And those words, their words, are the most powerful to use in messaging, in web copy, in social posts and emails and things like that. And it's not just words to use in written content, but it's also ideas and concepts Now, if you are your target audience, or you have been in the past, then having someone interview you might also be helpful. But that's not enough. You know, pulling what you have out of your own head really is not enough. You want to gather some information from the target audience that you're serving, 
because it's an important confirmation that you're on the right track. The information that we most want to uncover in market research is called psychographics. Have you heard that word before? Psychographics do reveal a lot of things about your audience, like what are their driving values? What makes them tick? What specifically do they want and what specifically do they not want? What's causing them acute pain or frustration? What keeps them up at night? But it also and ultimately reveals to you what your audience wants and will buy. It reveals somewhat their spending habits or or the way they think about investment and also where they're going to go to find what they want out in the marketplace. So that's all a useful thing to know, right? Knowing the psychographics of your audience really helps you to create your branding, your messaging, and offers that will strike a resonant chord and inspire investment. Now, I just want you to know, you're not going to go out and ask those questions that I just mentioned. You know, you're not going to ask those things directly. But rather, you're going to formulate questions that have to do with your coaching track. Your areas of interest, you know, things you want to coach around, the things that you bring to the table, your expertise or knowledge or insight, and also your likely niche. And I say a likely niche because your niche is really not formulated until you do this market research. And then those questions are really designed to elicit information in a friendly and connective way. In fact, when my clients do these interviews with their target audience, what they find is that the people they're interviewing love the questions. They're very thought-provoking, pithy questions that help them go inside and really get to know themselves as well as share that with you. And you develop a warm connection with them. So it's very common for your interviewees to become your first paid clients in your business because you already have a warm connection with them and they are curious about how their input is going to help you. And so when you go back to them after you have created a really solid niche and a signature program and and your website and all these pieces, and you share with them the results of the research that you did, they want to know. And then you can invite them to become one of your first clients. You've probably heard of demographics. It's another important set of data. It's things like gender, age, stage of life, marital status, household income, where they live, children, stuff like that. Knowing those things also helps you create effective marketing. But here's the great thing. When you choose a narrow enough, a specific enough target audience, one that'll help you stand out of the crowd, you'll automatically understand most of the critical demographic points. For example, I'm using health coaching today. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) If you're a health coach and you've targeted, let's say, menopausal women, it gives you a really strong sense of the circumstances of their life. 
that you'll help them affect or change for the better. So the demographics are there in the target audience. But it also helps to create what's called an avatar. You might have heard of this before. Some people interchange target audience with avatar. I think there's a slight difference. Uh, An avatar to me is a description of the type of person you most want to serve that gets into even more details than the demographics and the psychographics. You're basically painting a picture for yourself of one person who represents your target audience. And by thinking of that person, when you write, when you create a program, when you price your program and things like that, that really helps you to be sure that it's kind of a a real human being, if you will, that you've got imagined in your mind when you do this. It's not just, you're not just coming up with this for your own health, for your own good. You're coming up with this for your target audience. And, you know, that is a a sea change in itself that I think happens when you transform in those two mindsets we talked about earlier, thinking and acting like a business owner and realizing that coaching is not what people buy. The thing that comes along for you is that you start to think about your target audience in everything you do. You really step into their shoes. And you can see why this is a really smart thing to do when you are selling a service. It's really important, right? Now, if you've already put up a website and through this episode or something else you've heard, you have realized, "Uh uh-oh, you know what? I'm just selling coaching, even if it is a specific type of coaching. I want to encourage you to consider taking the time to target an audience, to conduct market research and then recalibrate everything you're doing, your website, your offers, maybe even your brand, maybe even your domain, you know, because it's really not that hard, especially with guidance. And you know, I love to help coaches do this. You could grab a strategy session with me. It's a great way to start making the shift of being the CEO of your business. And I can help you with the research, with the messaging and offers your audience will buy. Okay, so that's what I've got for you today. I hope it lands. I hope you get what I'm talking about. If you're part of the Facebook group that I created last week, which is called Prosperous Coach Club, then we can talk about this there. And so I would love it if you would join into that Facebook group. It's called Prosperous Coach Club. You can find it at prosperouscoach.com slash FB. And there's a couple questions I ask you to get you in the door, and then we'll start interacting about this stuff. The next episode is three things that quickly build your confidence as a coach. Can't wait to talk to you about that. Stay inspired and make things happen. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.